0: We are seeing a revolution that's beyond industrial revolution. It is perhaps another quantum jump in human civilization.
1: Welcome to Radio Davos, the podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at the biggest challenges and how we might solve them. This week, in the last in our series on generative artificial intelligence, we're at the Forum's Summer Davos in China, where AI is on everyone's mind.
2: AI, and especially generative AI, has been touted to bring with it the potential for very, very significant economic development potential growth to the tune of some 15.7 16 trillion dollars around the world.
1: The opportunities are big and not just for Silicon Valley. We hear from the country that wants to lead Africa's progress in
3: AI. Rwanda sets itself to be a leading technology hub on the African continent.
1: The world is changing fast. Can governments and society catch up? We hear how the World Economic Forum is bringing stakeholders together to ensure they can.
4: AI development is moving so fast, so we must move as fast in order to make any meaningful contribution.
1: The head of AI at the World Economic Forum tells us about the new AI Governance Alliance it's set up to tackle the big issues around AI. Subscribe to Radio Davos wherever you get your podcasts or visit wef.ch slash podcasts. I'm Robin Pomeroy at the World Economic Forum with our final episode in this series on generative AI from the forum's annual meeting in China.
2: Is there hype? Most definitely there is hype. That does not mean that this technology is not groundbreaking and won't change both our economies and our societies.
1: This is Radio Davos. Welcome to the final episode in our special series on generative artificial intelligence, coming to you this week from the World Economic Forum's annual meeting of the new champions in China. AMNC is an annual gathering in China, but hasn't happened for the past three years due to the pandemic. It's back now, and you can follow it on our website, weforum.org, and across social media using the hashtag AMNC23. AI is far from the only big issue being discussed by stakeholders from government, business, academia, and civil society there in Tianjin, where the global economy, geopolitics, and the energy transition are also top of mind. But at a meeting whose theme is entrepreneurship, there are several sessions dedicated to AI that you can watch on Catch Up. And in the second half of this episode, we'll hear some sound bites from AMNC about the opportunities and risks posed by this rapidly growing technology. But first, before she left for Changjin, I spoke to Kathy Lee, head of AI at the World Economic Forum. She helped organise the Responsible AI Leadership Summit in San Francisco, where I recorded the interviews for this series a few weeks ago. I wanted to know from Kathy what the forum is doing now to bring stakeholders together, to find ways of making generative AI a force for good for all. I started by asking Cathy what that summit in San Francisco had aimed to achieve.
4: The objective of the summit was to come up with a set of recommendations able to guide uh, technical experts and policymakers on the responsible development and governance of uh, generative AI systems. It was fantastic because we had more than a 100 thought leaders and practitioners in AI gathered over the course of three days to dele- deliberate on aspects related to the design and de- uh, development release, and uh, societal impact of uh, generative AI. What emerged from those discussions was a set of uh, 30 action-oriented recommendations for responsible development, open innovation, and social progress. It's important to remember, Robin, that um, as we stand on the cusp of an era of transformation driven by novel AI systems. It has never been more vital for uh, stakeholders to come together and align on key questions and issues linked to the diffusion and governance of uh, generative AI systems. Okay. This recommendations should be seen as a step forward building greater consensus and alignment around how to mitigate risks while shaping a more innovative, equitable, and prosperous uh, future.
1: Those recommendations are available online, right? Already. So people can find Indeed. out. So that was a, you know, an immediate outcome of that summit. But now the World Economic Forum is building on the momentum because last week you announced the launch of this AI Governance Alliance. So can you tell us more about that?
4: Yes. The AI Governance Alliance, uh, which we launched last week, is a groundbreaking initiative that aims to champion uh, responsible global design and release of transparent and inclusive AI systems. This initiative, to your point, was built upon uh, existing uh, frameworks and incorporates the preliminary uh, recommendations from the AI Summit that's uh, just been published. The AI Governance Alliance is built on uh, the forum's more than 50 years of uh, expertise in um, establishing multi-stakeholder partnerships. It brings together private sector knowledge, public sector governance mechanisms, and civil society uh, objectives to address the challenges brought by uh, generative AI. With the support of the World Economic Forum Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Alliance actively engages uh, with uh, various regions while contributing to shaping a global approach to address the transformative nature of generative AI systems.
1: Okay, so in a nutshell, what do you hope the Alliance will achieve? What areas will it address?
4: There are many existing alliances uh, and initiatives that's out there already, but we do believe that you know the uh, AI uh, governance alliance could be much more uh, action-oriented, and, and that's really uh, the underlying reasoning why we, we decided to launch it at this time. The alliance will focus on three crucial actions to uh, ensure responsible and safe AI development and deployment. Firstly, there's an emphasis on prioritizing safe systems and technologies by investing in uh, robust and secure AI systems to mitigate risks and ensure user safety. Secondly, the Alliance uh, aims to ensure sustainable applications and transformation by aligning generative AI with long-term societal goals, um, addressing biases, and promoting transparency. Lastly, the Alliance recognizes the importance of resilient governance and regulation. It uh, actively uh, collaborates with uh, regulators, policymakers, and other stakeholders to establish ethical uh, frameworks and specific regulatory uh, measures tailored to uh, generative AI.
1: And are all stakeholders now agreed that there need to be clear guardrails on AI?
4: While there's a widespread agreement on the need for regulation uh, for clear guardrails, it's important to note that various uh, viewpoints exist regarding the best approach. These perspectives often find themselves um, navigating between existing laws, progressive um, proposals like the uh, uh, EU AI Act, and the tailored strategies for uh, specific sectors. Additionally, the debate surrounding open source versus closed source solutions and the responsible release of extensive language models generates a range of uh, opinions and discussions.
1: So, and those are all the kind of things you'll be discussing within this AI governance alliance?
4: Yes. The strength of the alliance is that all these uh, different uh, viewpoints will be represented. So we hope to reach some conclusions uh, that will be acceptable Acceptable uh, for the uh, for that hugely varied array of uh, stakeholders, big companies, small, new ones, governments, um, civil society, consumers, etc.
1: This week, as this podcast goes out, there is the annual meeting of the New Champions, the AMNC, which is the World Economic Forum's annual gathering in China. Um, so it's happening now as people are listening to this, it comes out and AI is one of the most important topics under discussions there. Uh, what do you hope can be achieved in those sessions and other talks in Changjin?
4: The annual meeting of new champions uh, incorporates open dialogue uh, dialogues and interactive sessions, allowing uh, participants to explore the uh, different aspects of AI, for example, There will be dedicated sessions aimed at understanding AI from a national ecosystem perspective, where representatives uh, from various sectors will share their uh, contributions to fostering a vibrant AI ecosystem that aligns with country priorities. Moreover, we will delve into the unique value and challenges posed by uh, generative AI, while also hosting uh, curated conversations and workshops that demonstrate the applications of AI in sectors such as uh, healthcare, climate, and uh, advanced manufacturing.
1: And people can follow some of what's happening at AMNC, the uh, live streamed sessions on AI and lots of other really big issues on our website, live and on catch up. But to follow your work, the, the work of the Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution on generative AI, uh, kind of what should people be looking out for in, in the coming months?
4: Alongside of the launch of the AI Governance Alliance, we're excited to announce the formation of a working groups focusing on the technical dimension, industry uh, applications, and governance. We will share initial findings from these groups, demonstrating our active commitment to driving progress in various areas related to AI governance. We owe this momentum to our inclusive project community, which brings together stakeholders from the uh, private, public, academia, and civil society sectors, fostering collaboration and um, collective actions. These efforts will contribute to um, shaping the outputs between our first and second AI summits By the time of our second AI summit, which is planned for um, November this year, we hope that we will um, already be able to share some of the findings and publications with the world following the the three tracks that uh, I outlined earlier. AI development is moving so fast, so we must uh, move as fast in order to make any uh, meaningful contribution.
1: So there's a second... AI Summit planned in November, a follow-up to the one I was at and you were at in San Francisco a few weeks ago. People should be looking out for that. Great. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks for joining us on Radio Davos.
4: Thanks, Robin, for having me.
1: Kathy Lee, if you're interested in learning more about the AI Governance Alliance, you can find detailed information on the forum's dedicated website, search WEF AI Governance Alliance So to China. You can watch several sessions on AI at the AMNC meeting on our website. But here's a flavor of the discussions. Pascal Fung is chair professor at the Department of Electronic and Computer Engineering at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. She co-chaired the San Francisco AI Summit. And you can hear my interview with her in episode one of this series. Here she is at AMNC on a session called Generative AI, Friend or Foe.
0: So a few years ago, we talked about the fourth industrial revolution, and that was when AI was taking off. But today, I believe, along with some of my peers, that uh, we are seeing a revolution that's beyond industrial revolution it is perhaps another you know, quantum jump in human civilization.
1: Another session at the meeting in Changjin was called Keeping Up, AI Readiness Amid an AI Revolution. Let's hear from that session's moderator, Olaf Groth, who, among other things, teaches about AI at the Haas School of Business at the University of California, Berkeley.
2: AI, and especially generative AI, uh, has been touted to um, bring with it the potential for very very significant economic uh, development uh, potential growth uh, to the tune of some 15.7-16 trillion dollars around the world uh, over the next decade or so. Is there hype? Most definitely there is hype. That does not mean that this technology is not groundbreaking and won't change both our economies and our societies.
1: Olaf Groth from the University of California, Berkeley. One of the many risks associated with the rapid rise and impact of AI is that it could increase the global digital divide and allow wealthier countries and citizens to pull ahead while poorer ones are left behind. Leaders in Africa are determined that will not happen. Here's Paula Ingabire, Rwanda's Minister of Information Communication Technology.
3: By saying uh, Rwanda sets itself to be a leading technology hub uh, on the African continent. And to do that, uh, our strategy is to be a, cru- a proof of concept hub. And one would ask, what does that mean? Really, it's you know being a space where innovators, startups, big corporations can come and experiment with emerging technologies, test them, try them out, and if they're proven successful, then they're able to scale uh, to the rest of the continent from uh, Rwanda. The role of governments is to put in place a regulatory environment that enables innovation. Um, uh, just about a month ago, we did uh, put in place our national AI policy, uh, which we, you know, put together with the support of the Center for Fourth Industrial Revolution in Rwanda, and obviously with the World Economic Forum. The other panelists will talk about, you know, AI in healthcare. Uh, I think that's one particular area that we're looking at to see. Uh, what healthcare solutions we can, you know, AI enabled healthcare solutions that can be deployed. We've already done, um, you know, an economic analysis assessment to see what are those industries and segments where we feel like AI has the most potential to disrupt but also create impact. And so healthcare, agriculture, public service are the three uh, top ones that we've already identified with very specific use cases that we will be implementing over the next two years to really, Uh, look at what the potential of, you know, implementing these AI solutions will look like.
1: From Africa to Europe, a country also looking at AI's applications is Slovenia. Here's Minister of Digital Transformation, Emilia Stojmenova Do. Of course,
5: there are fears, but uh I believe that the fears should not hinder the innovation uh, that is uh, because AI brings huge potential. Mm -hmm. And if we speak all the time about the fears, uh, then uh, we might uh, lose this potential. And this is not what I would like to happen, uh, also as somebody coming from the government. Uh, I believe that uh, generative AI can really boost innovation and I would like to see that in the government as well. So what are my uh, concerns, not fears, uh, is uh, the competences uh, of the public servants, uh, then the competences uh, also of the citizens. Uh, then uh, I'm especially my concern is uh, to introduce uh, AI into schools, the generative AI into schools why because i'm not quite sure whether uh, the teachers are uh, know how to use whether they understand what a a generative ai means how it can be used what are the uh, the fears behind the biggest one is the biases Mm -hmm. because uh, we already have the stereotypes and the biases uh, in the world existing uh, and the ai can even increase those biases. So we need to find a way how to eliminate the stereotypes and the biases uh, and to make sure that uh, they will not cause uh, additional divides.
1: From Africa to Europe and back to China, a local company developing AI products in China is Newsoft Corporation. Its chairman, Liu Jiren, explained how his company was using AI in healthcare.
6: So that is a market we can apply the AI. We use AI to create a kind of uh, they dedicate the treatment of digital, uh, you know, the way to like a doctor in big city, a small city or countryside. They have the same kind of quality.
1: Using AI in healthcare has serious implications, as it does in anything that affects people in real lives, in the real world, such as law or education. Newsoft's Lee Juren again.
6: If we're talking about a healthcare transformation, they adapt. AI technology. The firstly, you meet a kind of a challenge about uh, data. How to capture data, how to collect data, privacy, the governance, and also if you use that uh, data to uh, make a diagnostic, that is not uh, like a chart GDP. Chart is okay, you can write an article, right or not, but if you <laughs> make a disease diagnostic, you must very precise. And uh, now any other choice should be at least same as doctors level. So I think uh, now the people talking about chat GDP is uh, is booming, it's uh, happier because you can draw the picture, you can write article, you can do anything. It's a kind of entertainment. Mm. But if you're coming to healthcare, it's very serious and you need to talking about who paid money for this IAI, what is secure and safety, how to convert the knowledge of doctor become a digital clinical pathway.
1: So what about the governance, the oversight of AI? Joanna Bryson is Professor of Ethics and Technology at the Hertie School in Berlin, and she favours what's known as AI auditing, evaluating AI systems to make sure they work as expected without bias or discrimination, and are aligned with ethical and legal standards.
7: But we need to at least know what there is to know and what you need to do to be able to find out about that. So for example, in the EU, we've been talking a lot about audits and some companies are very afraid of that. But you need to understand other industries, not non, the, the vast majority of industry now is all digitizing. And they're not afraid of AI audits because they already do compliance. It's just the tech industry hasn't been used to compliance yet. So I, it, the fact that you will be audited and that you need to be able to yourself know how your code works. I mean, some AI companies have been very sloppy. Um, means that it shouldn't terrify you, and it does not mean all your competitors are gonna come through the door and see what you're doing, and that you have to explain every detail, like every weight on the neural network. No, we audit banks without finding out how the synapses work in the heads of the people, the same way we will audit whether uh, whether you actually followed good practice, best practice, just like any other industry, due diligence, best practice, whether your people did that when they trained the AI. Right. And um, if they use machine learning on their AI, then when they trained it, when they tested it, how are they ensuring quality? So that's the kind of thing that companies can do. And that now the EU looks very likely to be mandating that companies do, hmm. especially where AI takes decisions that affects people's lives, like, yeah. like welfare systems or banking or education or medicine.
1: As the theme of the AMC meeting was entrepreneurship, let's hear from an entrepreneur. Darko Matowski is co-founder of AI startup CausaLens.
8: I will start by saying first that 85% of AI projects never leave the lab. Um, And there is a fundamental reason uh, for that. Um, The fundamental reason is that people don't actually trust the algorithms. The way it works is there is usually a bunch of data scientists, they throw a lot of data in a black box and something comes out. And um, as you mentioned, you know, it can be very entertaining if it's, uh, you know, in the context of generative AI. And, and, you know, generative AI has loads of uses, um, and it's great. But when it comes to decision making, people really need to understand what the algorithm is doing. The AI must explain why I made this decision. It must be able to explain what it will do if a data point that it has never seen in the past comes, comes to life. I mean, that, that's the real life. We, can, we have to have AI that guarantees outcomes even if we haven't seen a data point in the past. Um, and that's why there's kind of a fundamental um, uh, research in AI and there's a, a lot of new technologies uh, coming out that are able to explain why I make this decision are able to explain their decision even beyond kind of historical data on which they're trained. So until we we solve this problem of trust, we will have 85% of the project, whether it's in healthcare, whether it's in government, whether it's in in any industry, they'll just remain uh, in the lab.
1: Finally, the human impact Generative AI is gonna change our lives, but how? How can we prepare for disruption? Should we all be retraining as computer engineers? Professor Pascal Fung has a different idea of the role of education in the AI world.
0: I believe in the future, as I mentioned earlier, machine intelligence can take over a lot of skills that we possess today, skills. So what we need to train in humans, the future humans is to be more human. So to have more critical thinking, more humanities. So I advocate for curriculum revival into having more, uh, for example, history, philosophy, ethics, the arts, you know, the creativity side, and as well as mathematics and sciences. So and I advocate for education system where everybody receives this kind of a holistic curriculum Today, our education system has been very much in dividing into silos. Our engineers, for example, I can see very clearly uh, you ask the engineers developing AI system to figure out human value alignment it's a huge challenge. Then you ask ethicists to give us feedback on the, part, uh, on the systems. They do not necessarily understand the algorithms. So in the future, we cannot uh, have this kind of uh, silo anymore. So we need to go back to the basics and teach our uh, younger generation to be really uh, renaissance men and women, and then uh, go back to the basics. So more humanities, more sciences, more mathematics, and uh, maybe less of the uh, skills that we are trying to teach them today, because those skills will be uh, replaced by machines.
1: One final, final word on the real world impact of AI from Professor Joanna Bryson.
7: A lot of people used to ask me, how can we make people trust AI? And that is the wrong question to ask. We need to be talking about the people who are building AI and the people who are regulating AI. So I love the question you actually asked, which is how do we make people feel secure about this? Um, I think it's by making people secure. And we need to be thinking very much about the fact, you know, are we worrying about wages? How are we helping the people who are displaced? When people uh, uh, have an unexpected life event, are they likely to be able to, con- to continue paying their rent or their mortgage, right? So so governments have an important role in helping us all deal with change because we're entering change, whether or not with technology or without.
1: Ethics professor, John Bryson speaking at the session called Keeping up AI Readiness Amid an AI Revolution at the AMNC meeting underway in China. You can follow many of those sessions live or on catch up on our website, weforum.org. This is the end of our series on generative AI, but in a way it's just the end of the beginning, as this is a subject we will no doubt be returning to sooner rather than later, on Radio Davos, the podcast that looks at the world's biggest challenges and how we can meet them. To ensure you don't miss an episode, please subscribe to or follow Radio Davos wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a rating or a review and join the conversation on the World Economic Forum podcast club on Facebook. This episode of Radio Davos was presented by me, Robin Pomeroy. Studio production was by Gareth Nolan. Radio Davos will be back next week. But for now, thanks to you for listening and goodbye.